Welcome to the Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I'm Ann Ryan, your host, homeschool mom of four, and passionate about education and helping our children learn best. Whether you're listening in the car or multitasking and folding clothes or making dinner, I want to thank you for tuning in and listening to another episode. Today, we're going to talk about reading and some of the favorite resources that I've used. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast so far, you can tell that I'm not a super rigid, overly academic-minded educator. I'm more organic, more natural-minded, and like to follow my kids' lead and wait for things until they are developmentally ready for those different skills. And reading is no different. Now, reading is one of the challenging subjects because many of us have really ingrain ideas about when kids should learn to read. And so many of us now in this day and age, we are told that kids need to be reading in kindergarten. That's age five or six, and that's really early. And if you think back to way back when in the quote olden days, I'm aging myself, kids were not really learning to read in kindergarten. They were learning how to zip their coats and tie their shoes and learn their colors and counting from one to 20. And they were learning the alphabet. They were learning the letters and the letter sounds. They were barely putting those letters together by the time they left kindergarten. And really, it wasn't until first grade that they were really learning to read. That has all been sped up and all been compressed into much less time. There's no research to support this. And fact, the opposite is true. Research shows that it's not a good thing to be pushing reading so early and to push kids beyond what they are capable of doing at a developmental level. But parents get really stressed out when their kids aren't reading as early as some of their peers or some of their friends' kids or things like that. And it gets really hard for parents to really balance what their child needs and what they wonder if their child should be doing by a certain age. Now, I am an advocate of later reading. And when I say that, what I mean is letting kids read when they're ready. If they're ready to read when they're four, then go for it. But if they're not ready to read until they're seven, that's okay too. I'm just saying don't push reading at any arbitrary time or any arbitrary age. Wait until they're showing readiness signs. Wait till they're showing interest and wait until your kids are really ready to learn. Now, many of us assume that when they are five or six, we should be working on phonics and letter sounds and things like that. Many of us do it even earlier, maybe at age three or four. And again, it kind of depends on your personal attitudes towards it and where your kids are. I am sharing resources that we have used that we started to use around five. However, some of these things that I used, I may have paused and then waited until a little bit later to continue using them. Some of them I used, but I used them a lot longer than I used with other kids because they were just slower learners. So some of the things that I'm sharing, while I did start to use them around age five, I didn't necessarily 
finish using them at that age. I may have used them for many years after that. And some of them I stopped, I started, but then I stopped using them because they weren't ready. And then I picked them back up a little bit later. I just wanted to kind of give that caveat. I think this goes without saying, but one of the things that every family should be doing often is read aloud. Read aloud with your kids, starting when they are infants. I think this is one of the most important things. You'll hear this, of course, over and over. And I get it. People are busy. Parents are busy. We have a lot going on. But reading aloud to our kids, I think, is a really key thing. And I'm not talking about sitting down and reading for hours and hours each day. I realize that that's not necessarily realistic, even though it would be a wonderful thing to do. But even reading a half hour a day is better than not reading aloud. Even if you're only able to read aloud at bedtime, that is still important. So one of the things I always push, no matter what, is reading aloud. And I also understand that sometimes we're busy and we can't sit down with our kids and do that. So I think an acceptable thing to think about are audiobooks. There are so many options now for audiobooks, whether it's books that you get from the library, whether it's things that you get on Audible, whether it's apps that you get on a device that will read aloud. There are so many great options now for audiobooks. And this is one of the things that I remember when I was making dinner with uh, my number three child. He often was interested in listening to books, but for whatever reason, it was always at dinner time. So I found this great app. He would just sit at the table and he would listen to audiobooks while I made dinner. And sometimes he would ask questions or he would, you know, ask me about the certain book and we could have a just conversation about it. But it was something that he could do without me, but I was still present and I was still interacting with him. So I love audiobooks. My youngest child now, she is a later reader, but she loves audiobooks. So she listens to audiobooks a lot. And it's the favorite kind that she likes to listen to are the ones that she can still look at the book, she can still look at the page and flip the page with the narration. So she's following along and some of the books even highlight words. So they'll be highlighting the words as they read aloud. And so she can see what the words are being, see the words that are being read. This is really good for her because I can see that that has really made a difference with her. And so that's another thing to think about when you're looking at audiobooks or books that are read aloud on apps and things like that. The other thing that I want to say with which just goes without saying, is make books and reading part of your life and part of your home. I'm always a little bit surprised when I go to homes that don't have books out. Now, I realize books can be clutter to some people. Like, they don't like to have things out and they don't like to have, you know, things scattered about in their space. But I see no books. I don't see books on bookshelves. I don't see books in baskets. I don't see books on nightstands. I don't see books at all. And this makes me sad because I love books so much that it's, I find it hard to imagine an environment without books. But one of the things that I think is important is for kids to see books and see parents reading books or reading magazines or reading journals or whatever it might be. But to see books and reading as part of your daily life, it's role modeling. It's important. 
it's, it's an important key for kids to see that books are part of life and that this is something that they should grow up with as something that is important and valuable. And you don't have to buy the books. It's not like somebody has to continuously be buying books and spending money on them. Use your library. We have, actually, we have multiple book baskets, not even just one, because we use multiple libraries, and I need to make sure that we're not mixing up our books. But have book baskets that you keep your library books in so that they are always in one place. Or if you have a specific area on a shelf that the library books always go on, that's great too. But have books in your space. I think that is so important. Okay, so let's talk about some of the things that we have used. First of all, one of the oldest phonics readers that I know of that we've used for, my gosh, almost 15 years are Bob books. Just B-O-B, Bob books. They are super simple little books. They are mostly black and white. They have very simple, like pencil drawing kind of pictures and some, I think now the new ones might have one color on them, but they're very simple. And they're very basic phonics readers like the cat, the cat sat, the cat sat on a mat. They're very basic. This is what we started with. My son didn't really like them because they were just so boring and the drawings were a little odd, but they're a good quality book as far as the phonics series. And I do recommend them if your child doesn't mind the drawings, or if your child doesn't like a lot of distraction. If they like something that's more simple, then that it's a good it's a good tool to use. They come in box sets. Um, I put a, a link in my show notes. They come in box sets, and you can get like set one, set two, set three, that kind of thing that build on the skills learned, and that's something good to look at. And I know the libraries have these as well. But with subsequent children, I did not continue using the Bob books because we found another fabulous uh, phonic series that I absolutely love. And this is my most recommended one. It's called Now I'm Reading. It's by Nora Gatos, G-A-Y-D-O-S. And I put a link in my show notes for these books. They are series. I think there's maybe 10, bo- 10 or 12 books in each kind of box set. These are colorful. They're funny. And my kids love these. And I love these. It's my number one recommended early reader kind of resource. And they are very fun books to read. I'm sure libraries probably have these as well. But just to give an example, like I have one here that's called The Pet Bat. And it is very simple, but it has super funny, cute pictures. So I'm just going to read this page by page so you can see how it builds on each other. The Bat. The Pet Bat. And this is cute because it has a bat hanging upside down with a little bed and a little food bowl. Then it says, the pet bat hid. The pet bat hid in a big bell. The pet bat hid in a tin can. The pet bat hid in a tan hat. Oh no, the tan hat is on the man. The pet bat is in the tan hat. Now clearly there's a picture of a man with a hat on his head with a surprised look on his face because he can feel a bat on his head. It goes on. The man tips his hat. He's tipping his hat at a woman standing next to him. The pet bat is on the man because when he takes his hat off, 
The bat is standing on the man's head. And of course, the woman screams with a ridiculously crazy look on her face. Now, these are super simple books, but they do the job. They're engaging, they're interesting. And then in the very back, it gives little questions such as, where does the pet bat hide? Why is the woman so surprised at the end? Things like that, so that the kids are paying attention and they're basic comprehension questions. They also have rhyming questions. What are other words that rhyme with tin? What are other words that rhyme with hat? These are all in the very back of the book. And again, all very good reinforcement kinds of questions. So those are the two main kind of phonics series. I mean, followed up after that, once they get past that, there's a whole range of kinds of early readers that you can use. The, you know, my kids always liked Henry and Mudge books, Fly Guy, uh, Biscuit, you know, those kinds of, of things. In conjunction, when we are doing the early readers, the other uh, workbook that we use, and we don't use a lot of workbooks, but we did use Explode the Code. Now, Explode the Code is a phonics workbook series. I think there are maybe eight in the series. These are very simple phonics workbooks with, they're just black and white. There's no color. They have kind of goofy pencil drawn pictures kind of along the line of the Bob books. Honestly, I really wish they would update some of the pictures because some of the pictures are really like you have to try to figure out what they are. But I don't want to dissuade you from using it because of that, because most of it is perfectly fine. But some of the pictures are a little odd. But they're basic kinds of uh, phonics exercises. They're, you know, they put the very simple pictures. They'll put a bat, they'll put a cat, they'll put a hat, things like that. They'll have pictures and then it'll have three little spaces. And you need to, it'll show the word first, it'll show bat, and then you need to basically write the letters next to it and it'll show a picture. So they're covering all the bases as far as um, showing the word, you're writing out the letters, showing a picture, things like that. I really like that series. I've used that for all four of my kids. And some of them move through very quickly and some of them very slowly. So that's the glory of it. There is no time frame, you know, how fast or how slow uh, you have to work through the books. So that's something to consider, something to look at. I do think that they have the program online now. We've never used the online version, but I know that there is an online version. I'm not quite sure how that works. We've always used the workbook um, just because that's what I started with and it was familiar to me. The phonics workbook, the Explode the Code, I use that on a daily basis, usually when I'm reading the books. And like I said, some of them moved through them very quickly. Some of them would do you know, four, five, even six pages in a day. Some would do less. It just depends on the child. There is no schedule that I used or anything like that. The other thing that some people might be interested in, and this is, again, depending on your child, there are obviously so many online options now. And some kids work great online. Some parents don't want their kids to be doing this stuff online because they feel, you know, they're overloaded with screens. Whatever you might decide, there are options out there. There are so many options. I'm only going to talk about two because these are the two main ones that we've used. One is called Starfall, and the other is Reading Eggs. I put links for both of those in the notes. I'm not an affiliate or anything like that. 
but I did put the the notes in the show notes. I put the links for them. Starfall used to be free when we first started using it forever ago. Now I think there's some paid options for it, but it's just there. I know there are still some free parts to it though. So it's, that's something to check out. Reading Eggs is another one that we used more recently with my number four child. Just because it was something a little bit newer, I got a free trial, she liked it, and we continued using it. They're both solid programs. They both obviously are sequential. They work through a process. They're colorful. They're engaging. They have you know music, things like that. Some kids do really well with that. Some kids don't like the... Um, overloaded stimulus. So it kind of depends on on your child and what they are interested in. But if you are interested in using either one of these, make sure you check them out. Check out the, you know, I'm a very big proponent of using free trial periods. So check out the free trials, see if those are something that you might be interested in, as well as have your child try it out to see if they're interested in. Because I know there's been more than one program that I've had my daughter try out that she's looked at me and was like, ew, no. So save yourself some money, save yourself some time by doing the free trials if it's something that you're interested in. The other thing I did not mention earlier that I should have, but I'm throwing it in now before I forget because I'm not going to be able to edit this in earlier, is if your child is still struggling with some of the letter sounds, the very basic kinds of um, letter identification, the thing that I have had really good luck with is the Leapfrog Letter Factory. It's a video I know you can get it um, on DVD or you can rent it on Amazon or I know it's usually at libraries. It might be on Netflix. I'm not sure. But Leapfrog Letter Factory is one of those things where I was like amazed at how well it worked for two of my kids. Like they just really picked up the letter sounds really, really fast. But again, I'm just throwing that in there as a resource if they still need some practice or reinforcement on all the letter sounds before you get into reading the uh, basic phonics books and the Explode the Code workbook or whatever other phonics program you would use. Okay, so these are some resources I've given. I don't have a magic schedule for this. I don't have a specific routine I use. I really use it basically as feels right. We do do it on a daily basis, Monday through Friday. We do sit down and we will read some of the phonics readers. We'll do the Explode the Code pages. It kind of depends on the day how many we do. You know, it might take a half hour to an hour. I'm I'm only giving that just as a very general rough guideline. Some days it might only be 15 minutes. It just depends on the child. I say that continuously because it's very important that you remember that. What your friend does in half an hour doesn't mean that's what your child will do in a half an hour. So I always want to reiterate that. But sit down daily just so it's consistent and it's reinforced. But don't push it. If you're doing the same kinds of letters, if they're stuck on the, you know, the short vowel sound of a, and so you're stuck with cat and hat and bat for quite a while, that's okay. You don't need to rush on to the next letter sounds at any given schedule or any given time. So that's one thing I want to make sure that you remember. And also, I really want to make sure that your kids are kind of enjoying this. There are so many different games and different things you can do out there that I, you know, can't even really begin to share because there's just so many out there. But if your kid really likes to play games or if they really like to do puzzles 
or any of those kinds of things, you can engage all of those kinds of activities while you're doing some of these uh, phonics exercises. You can engage them in whatever works for them. So I want to stress that because I want learning to be fun for kids. I think they learn so much better and so much faster when they're having fun. So I want to kind of wrap this up with recommending um, a YouTube video that I think is worth your time watching. It's by Julie Bogart of Brave Rider. I've spoken of her before. She is one of my all-time favorite homeschool mentors. She keeps it real. She is a wonderful resource person. She has a video called Reading What Parents Need to Know. It's about an hour long. It is, it's on YouTube. I am linking it in the show notes. I love all of her videos, but this is a really good video. She really talks about basically working to your where your kids' skills and strengths are, and she gives some ideas of different things to use. She doesn't recommend any specific curriculum or anything like that. And the things that I'm sharing, I'm not necessarily recommending them from a perspective of this is the best program out there. I'm only recommending them and that these are things that worked well for us. So they may work great for you, they may not. But these are things that have worked well. I would highly recommend that if you have the time, it's an hour well spent if you watch Julie's video. It's really, I think, really helpful and very supportive and encouraging. It's also a way to look at some of her other videos because she has some very, very good videos, other ones that I'm sure I'll be mentioning in other podcasts just as a resource. So that is what I have for today. It was a lot of information. It's a lot of resources that we've shared. I've linked all of them in the show notes. And I hope that it is helpful for someone. I hope it gives somebody a little bit of encouragement, a few ideas that they might be able to use going forward. If you're looking for a more structured, more formal curriculum or program to use, go out there and ask around on you know some different web forums or Facebook groups. That's not the way I do things, but that doesn't mean that's not what might work great for you or your child. So I don't want to discourage anyone from using those things because they work great for some people. That's just not the way that we do things. And as you go through your homeschool journey, you'll find that structured things may be great for you and it's okay if they're not. I'm giving another alternative way that are a little looser and maybe a little bit more relaxed. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the episode today. I hope you'll subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already so that you'll know when the next episode is released. You can always find the podcast or more information on your favorite podcast host or at learningoutsidethelines.com. I will be adding some more blog type posts to that website with some other resources and ideas that come up. And I hope you can look us up on Facebook at Learning Outside the Lines podcast, where I also post weekly um, information, updates, linked articles, things like that. So thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a great day. And in the meantime, don't be afraid to go outside the lines.